Hey, I got a quick question. I want you to turn your Bibles to Revelation 21. Any of you remember, this was several years ago when uh, on the Oprah Winfrey show, Oprah had, the, she gave away free cars to everybody. Anybody remember that? Okay, like it made, it made a lot of news, you know, made the news and a lot of people were talking about it. She had this, this whole moment where she said, uh, she said, reach, you know, reach under your seats, get the envelope. And you know, people lost their, their minds. Well, I cannot, I cannot give, uh, give away a free car. However, if you guys will reach under your chair, under your, I'm, I'm not Roper, like I'm, I'm not so, yeah, I'm gonna give away anything. <laughs> but no, like, like when you get, when you have something like that happen, it's, it's a cool thing. Like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, Lori and I, when we first got married, we got married in '99, uh, and like we barely had two nickels to rub together. We were working for a ministry uh, that literally combined. Now they provided housing. I was thankful for that, but we were making combined three hundred dollars a week. And some of you are like, "Well, man, probably back in those old time days, that went a long ways." Dude, $300 did not go far in 1999, okay? I'm just telling you right now. And so, you know, we, we always wanted to like go on a vacation together, but we just couldn't afford it. It just, we could not afford, the, like it was hard enough going to my parents' house for Christmas, you know? And, and, and so we'd always talked about, I was like, man, we'd love to do this sometime, but you know, let's just, you know, whenever it happens, it happens. Well, one day, we'd been married a couple of years, and, and I got this letter in the mail and on the envelope, it, it said, open for special offer inside. And so like, I'm like, okay, but it's just, you know, whatever, you know, that marketing stuff. So I open it up and I pull it out and they, they said, uh, we have a special offer for you. And I'm sure they meant me because they had my name in there. And, and anytime anybody, uh, I get any mail addressed to Norman, K. Wagner. I know they don't really know me. Like Norman's my first name, Keith's my middle name, and I don't go by Norman. So do not anybody start calling me Norman. Like I don't even think about it. But so I got this mail, very personal. Uh, we have an offer for you, Norman K. Wagner. And they said, it's, a, it's an all expenses paid five day trip to Orlando. We will pay your, uh, your flights, your hotel accommodations, and give you vouchers for free admission to two uh, theme parks there in the Orlando area. I shoot it to my wife my, and Lori was like, it's a scam, do not call that number. Cause it said, all I had to do was call this number and this offer was mine. And she's like, do not, like they're gonna get our number and it's gonna be terrible. And so when Lori left the room, um, I, uh, <laughs> I called the number cause I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, like I'm, there's no way they're gonna, you know, they're gonna fool me. And so uh, anyway, long story short, I found out that it was a company who wanted me to attend a, guess what it was? Timeshare pitch, wonderful, wonderful things they are. And so I, I actually did the math because they said that all was required was like, uh, it, was a, it was gonna be 105 minute, I don't know why they gave that, 105 minute uh, presentation. And so I did the math very quickly and I'm like, okay, if this is true, it means that I'm gonna get 7,095 minutes of paradise and only have to give up 105 minutes for the, for the sales pitch. I'm like, we're in, we'll do it. And guess what? It was legit. They gave me tickets, hotel accommodations, vouchers to the theme parks. Lori and I could not have afforded this trip whatsoever. And yet we were able to do this. And sure enough, we went to the thing. They tried to sell, which first of all, they should have done a credit check or something like $300. Like they got nothing. But I just kept saying, no, 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 no. And then I had a great, great vacation. 
You know, a lot of times when we think of uh, vacation, some of you are like, you know what, I'm actually just talking about that. I'd like to go on vacation right now. Like, you know, you, you, there, there are a lot of times we think about just getting away. I'd like to get away. I, I just need a break. I'd like to get away. The older I get, the less I want to get away. I, anybody, like, I... Man, I just want to be home. I want to sleep in my own bed, drive my own car, eat my own food. Like I get tired of traveling. I got to leave this week. I'm speaking at a conference in Cincinnati. And, and, uh, and I mean, I'm excited about it. But then there's other parts like, oh man, I'm just, I like sleeping in my own bed. But I've, I've got a question. What if you didn't have to leave home to go to paradise? What actually, what if, you were living in paradise. What if home was paradise? Because actually what we're gonna see in Revelation chapter 21 is just that. This, this incredible thing that, that we've been promised, this hope of heaven that we're gonna read about here in just a few minutes is, is something that, that it's more than, than some little offer. We Oh, we've got a deal for you. No, it's actually anchored. Uh, guys, the, it's been paid for, but it's not a five-day all-inclusive vacation. Literally, it's, it's being able to live in paradise. And I know that for some time, man, for some of you, the older you get, like the more you think about heaven, you're like, come on, let's go. I'm all for it. While others are kind of freaked out a little bit by heaven. I mean, you kind of feel guilty that you're not that excited about heaven. It's kind of like a PTA meeting, you know, for your kid. You're like, I know I should go there, but I really don't want to. Like some of us have that feeling. But yet, man, if you read about heaven throughout scripture, what we see is in its descriptions that Man, it's not this place where we're gonna be a little bit bored where, you know, what are we gonna do with our time? No, there's something incredible here. In fact, man, the Hebrews writer talks about it being our rest. There's, it's going to be when we enter into our rest. How many of you would like a little rest today? You know what I'm saying? I know you got your extra hour last night, but let's, how many of you really got an extra hour? You just stayed up later one hour and you, so you got your same amount of sleep. But no, this, this whole idea of being at rest. In fact, what I'm gonna propose this morning, if you're taking notes and following along my big point, Christian, heaven is the home we were made for. We weren't made to enjoy this life as much as we can at times enjoy this life. No, heaven is the home that we were made for. And though the word of God does not in any way describe everything that is in store for us when it comes to heaven. In just the few verses I'm going to read here in Revelation 21, we capture a picture of something that I really do believe whets the appetite. It, it inspires the imagination. It makes us long for home. And what we're gonna see are five things that we can know about home. This is the last vision that John is given in Revelation. And here's what he saw. He said, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the, for the, uh, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Man, I love verse four. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes 
and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Also, and, and I want you to, God wanted to make sure that we got this message. Here's what he said. He said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. Several things here that I think feed our understanding. I just want to talk about this for the, for the next few minutes. As we come to the end of Re Revelation, we only have this message and next week left. The first thing I want you to write down is this, our eternal home it's not just like this idea or this state of mind. Our eternal home is a real place. It's a, what, it's a real place. What, what John is seeing is something that is real. And, and, and it goes back. This is the guy who's having this vision in Revelation is the same one who was there and he himself recorded what Jesus said in John 14. He wrote the gospel of John, John 14. He told his disciples that, that he was going and what did he say that, that he was going to do? He said, I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place. So, so I want us to grasp this. Heaven captures the imagination, but ha heaven is not an imaginary place. It's, it's very real. It's not this fantasy land. It's not this, this uh, you know, the, this paradise that, that is not bound in any way to reality. It's a literal place because Jesus, the Bible tells us so because Jesus himself says that he's going to prepare a place. And if you think about this, I mean, if, if, if God, you know, in Genesis, we, we read that if God created this, this world in, in six days, man, what in the world has Jesus been up to for 2000 years? Come on because there's a few things that we know about. It's not just that this is a literal place. What, what we see in four, four times in these first five verses that I've read, and keep your Bibles open because we're gonna keep, I'll, I'll be referencing other uh, parts of this chapter, but four times in these five verses, the word new appears. And what we can know is that everything will be new in our eternal home. In fact, if you are taking notes, I, I, I would recommend that off to the side of that, of that second point, I want you to write Isaiah, I want you to write Isaiah 43, 65, and 66. I want you to, I want you to write those down. I want, I want you to double check me today, okay? Because what we're seeing here is a fulfillment of Isaiah 43, 65, and 66. And, and it's something that I think is crazy because we don't think about this, but just as God resurrects us, in a way, God's gonna resurrect the earth. Like we, we've been reading in Revelation and like earth is going to be rocked by battles, by plagues, by judgment. We, we see that it's gonna be burned up a fire, but God's not done with this. He's not done with this. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. This temporary destruction will be reversed through restoration. Man, I love in, in, in Romans chapter eight, this description that the apostle Paul gives, it's, it's not just that people are crying out for, for resurrection. He says, all of creation is groaning to be restored. This is what even the earth wants. And so here's what we have to understand. Heaven will be here on this earth. So, so first of all, let me just say this. Like for those of you like, oh, you know, I just, oh, heaven doesn't really excite me. Uh, I, I'm just afraid I'm not gonna like it. Hold on. There's some beautiful places here on earth. 
And I don't know what you would say is the most beautiful place you've been on earth. I've been in a lot of beautiful places, seen some beautiful sights, even in this fallen world. And what we've got to know is that while everything will be new, it's going to also be familiar. And so it's not like, you know, how many of you hate to try new food? Let me just see your hands. Like if you're out there, okay, see your hands. Like, by the way, my hand is up. And, and for most things, I'm kind of that way. Like if I go, you tell me a restaurant and I'll tell you what I order there. I do not deviate from, from whatever I order there. Some of you order something new every time. What is wrong with you people? Like, I know what I like, I know what I'm gonna get. And every time I order something else, I'm disappointed the entire time I'm eating thinking, I should have ordered what I always get, you know? <laughs> But you know, like when, when, man, even here in Idaho, man, you go to Sun Valley, you go, uh, you know, you, you go up uh, north, you, you head over to, uh, you know, the, the Grand Tetons, you go all the, the different places, uh, Sun Valley and, and uh, Redfish Lake, you go all these different places that we have, just here in Idaho, it's beautiful. Like there are times, like for me, like, like if I wanna get away and just relax, I go to the mountains. Lori goes to the beach, we, when we relax, we relax apart, but uh, not season. <laughs> but, but, if we can just grasp that, that, that heaven, while it's going to be new, is going to be here on earth. What we just read is this new city, new Jerusalem. It's coming down to earth. But it's not just that God is going to make this earth new. He says he's gonna make all things new. Now, some of us, the older we get, we just don't like new. Like we like old, like for me, I, like I wear jeans. I feel like jeans are created for eternity. You wear them and you just keep on wearing them. And Lord's like, seriously, you need to like empty out your, and I'm like, no, but, but I will tell you, I finally broke down this week, got a couple of pairs of, of, of jeans. And honestly, I kind of liked it. I like new, I like getting a, I like every once in a while, getting a new, getting a new phone. In fact, this, uh, this summer, our van that we had had for felt like decades, gave up the ghost. It was looking pretty bad. And it was, it just, finally stopped running and uh, we had some major issues, got to fix. I'm like, I'm just gonna sell this thing. We got for us a new car. And I love the new car smell. You know what I'm saying? Like, did you know they have scents now that you can buy new car smell? It's amazing. And like, you know, we, we, got this, we got this new car and we were so happy and we made vows to one another. We're never gonna eat in this car. We're never gonna drink in this car. Like we're never gonna do any of this. And, and dude, like, you know, within two months, you got like burritos stuck somewhere in the car. And, but, but, the, but the reality is this, man, we, we love this whole thing, this, this, this idea of, of new. In heaven, what we can know is that God is making all things new. And I, I think it's good for us to understand that God loves new. He's okay with new. He's gonna make all things new, but but one thing that I love about this description here of heaven that I think makes heaven heaven is that God will be fully present at home. He'll be fully present. It says that, that, that it's, you know, the, 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 voice, the, the voice came out that he, you know, behold the dwelling place of God, it's with man. And if you, if you go through the Old Testament and, and you, you begin to study this whole idea, it'll, it'll show up in one or two words. Sometimes they use the word tabernacle or, or dwell, but it, has, it comes from the same idea of, of putting down roots. It's a, it's, a, it's a place where God's presence is manifested. And so, you know, when the, the Israelites had 
left Egypt. They were delivered from slavery. They were the people of God, but it was like they had to figure out what does it mean for us to be the people of God. And one thing that, that they were promised as the people of God was the presence of God. And it wasn't just something that they could witness in the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. When it, when it moved, they moved. And also just spoke of protection, but they actually built something called a tabernacle. And it literally is, it was the tent of the tabernacle or, or they called it meet the meeting place, tent of the meeting place. It's where you would show up to, to, to meet with God. And what I, what I love in this, this picture is that, is that in the Old Testament, though it was very exclusive, first of all, you had to be part of the Israelite family to be part of this, but then even to go to certain places there, you had to be the priest. And then there was this part called the Holy of Holies where it was only the high priest could go in there. And by the way, he could only go in there one day a year. It was like this very exclusive thing but God was present, but yet, though, even though it was later replaced by the temple, the, the, the way for us to get to God was through somebody else, through a priest, through a, a high priest. But the book of Hebrews gives us this beautiful picture as it's comparing the old covenant with the new covenant. And he talks about how in this new covenant, thanks to the cross and the resurrection, the fact that Jesus Christ is now our high priest. He's not a, a high priest that, that is human who, him, who himself sins. No, we have this perfect high priest that we can go to at any point. And what Jesus accomplished in his death and his resurrection is that we have access, we're given. He said, it's good for you that I go away. I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit dwells with us. And guys, there are times in which we have those services where his presence is so near where we weep, where, where we can just sense that God is present. And in those moments, like our faith is way up here, right? Because we know he's there. But then we go through times where we trust that he's there, but we don't sense his presence. And this incredible, beautiful picture though of God's dwelling place being with us in heaven is such an incredible thing because when God is distinctly present, we have this distinct sense of security and peace. And I think that actually sets up the fourth point here about heaven because it's not just that everything will be new and God will be fully present. Honestly, this is a great thing for us to anticipate. We will be fully satisfied at home. By the way, I'm gonna go back. I, I kind of missed something. I threw this in this morning. So uh, uh, on point three, write down Ezekiel 43.7. Ezekiel 43.7, off to the side of God will be fully present because literally there, there was, there's a specific promise in Ezekiel 43, seven, that what we read here in Revelation 21 is gonna take place. It's right there. It's a film of the prophecy. And in the same way, this whole thing of being fully satisfied right off to the side, Isaiah 25, eight. Isaiah 25, eight. This is a specific fulfillment of what God promised through his prophet Isaiah. That verse four, I'm, I'm telling you, I wanna come back. Hit that, it's so awesome. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. 
You know, heaven is awesome for what is there, but man, heaven is also pretty incredible and to be anticipated for what is not there. And several years ago, I was preaching through this and I'd actually come to uh, this chapter. And man, the phrase, no more, it jumped out at me as as I was studying. I mean, I want you to think about that. There are some things we really wish would end. Like I would really love for the climbing interest rate to just stop climbing. Yeah, I like, I'd like no more. I'd be pretty cool with no more taxes. You know what I'm saying? I'd, I'd be, there, there are a lot of no more things. Look at what we have here. There's no more death. Why don't you think that one through? No more death. Just this week, uh, just heard of somebody that, it, that goes here to church uh, that, that died suddenly in a motorcycle accident. No more, no, no, no more reports of death. No, no, no more old, old people dying, no more young people dying, no funerals, no cemeteries, no undertakers. Doesn't that sound good? We're finally gonna put, listen, if you're an undertaker, praise God for you. We're gonna put you out of business one day in heaven. You're not gonna have a job. You're not gonna be doing that. Man, no more suffering. No more suffering. Man, I, I just... Man, I've been talking to, man, just recently, I told Lori uh, this past week, I said, man, it's just been a heavy week. And, and not in the, it's just that there's so many people that I love that are walking through great seasons of suffering. They're, they're, they're walking through, man, seasons of physical pain and suffering. Or, or man, some of my, my friends are praying for their children or their grandchildren. They're carrying this heavy burden. And guys, there, I want you to think about this. There are times where we, we go to bed at night, we thank God for what he's done that day, but man, still, we're praying for things. We're praying for God to move in, in somebody's life. We're carrying this burden. There are times that we wake up in, in the middle of the night and we wake up burdened for something. And so what do we do? We pray, we give it to God, but the reality is though we're trusting God, we still, we still feel this burden. There are no burdens like this in heaven. No more suffering. It's like, man, will we have memories? Will we remember all the regrets and failures of the past or, or the things that happened? I think we'll have memories in heaven because we see that we're gonna recognize uh, one another. We also, we also see that, man, you know, the saints are crying how long. There, there's some aspect in which we will have memories, but all, I, I don't know it all together. I just un- understand that those memories, they're not gonna cause pain anymore because we're gonna see the rest of the story. Today, we just don't know. And so we pray and yet we also grieve. We, we anticipate, but yet, man, there's at times fear and anxiety. Not so in heaven, no more shame. Can you imagine the freedom of, of not walking around just wondering if people are gonna find out about your past? Even if you're forgiven, there are times Satan has kept us in bondage because of our shame. There's no shame, no suffering. There's, there's no pain, no relational pain, no conflict, no physical pain. There's perfect health. There's no canes in heaven. Aren't you thankful for that? Man, if I'm going to tell you right now, if there's sign language in heaven, it's just going to be for fun. You know what I'm saying? It's just, that's it. If you run into anybody in heaven, it'll be like bumper cars. Like you enjoy it. Like it's not going to be any problem. Like I, I, I freak out going to the dentist at times. Thank God, no cavities in heaven. I'm going to tell you right now, that is good. But you know, it's, it's, it's not just what isn't there. Man, as we continue to read through Revelation chapter 21, 
John in this vision sees the city that's coming down. And I love this phrase, prepared as a bride for her husband. This is, this is the bride of Christ. God has been the one who's been preparing this bride. This, 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 is a, this city is radiant with the glory of God. If you remember in Exodus, Moses, when, when he met on the mountain with God, he came out of, the, of meeting with God and his, his, actually, I said the mountain, it was actually in the, the Holy of Holies. He came out and his face shone so much so that it freaked out the people. He had to put a veil over this because of the radiance of the glory of, of God that was just on his face from spending that time with God. The entire place, the people of God, we're going to be radiant with God's glory. And you're like, well, what's up with the gates and the walls and all of that? Well, they just speak of security, a symbolic of, of security. I mean, you think about it. We, we have gates and we lock them. If you have gates or, or if you have doors, uh, a lot of you lock them. And it's, we, we do this because you know, this, there's a sense of vulnerability, but I want you to think about this, guys. Vulnerability has an expiration date. It has an expiration date. We will be fully satisfied, perfectly secure, perfectly peaceful. And I don't, I can't even wrap my mind around this whole idea of the city being gold and the transparency of the gold and all that. Like, I, I, I literally cannot perfectly wrap my mind around this. But all I know is that, man, we're not gonna need the sun anymore. Man, the son of God is, is the light. There's nothing detestable found there. Think about that. Like there are mice in heaven apparently, or if they are, like, like they're good mice. I don't know, like, but it's not detestable. No trash, there's no trash in heaven, nothing detestable there. There's no Pepsi, because I know that, like that won't be there. Like, uh... no, no, no vacuums. No, what I'm saying though, this, this picture, this picture that we have is a beautiful picture. There's a river of life that's running through uh, Main Street, if you will. We're gonna be the bride of Christ, marked as belonging to God, safe at home. We're going to reign with him. It's going to, as I read scripture, it will blow our minds. Listen, again, we don't know everything there is to know about heaven but God gives us enough that we can anticipate it. And I will tell you, just, just so you know, like for us to say that like heaven is this boring place and I'm a, or I'm concerned it's gonna be boring, it just shows that we don't know what the word of God says about heaven. In fact, there's, uh, I highly recommend a book uh, by Randy Alcorn called Heaven. It's just simply called Heaven. Great book. And, and the thing I like about the book is that he just literally, it's just, all scripture. And, and he answers all these questions. You know, will there be, he even answers the question, will there be pets in heaven? It's literally there. I'm not gonna give you the answer. Go buy the book. But like he has, he has scripture for all of this. And, and it is unbelievable how much information there is about heaven. But, but I, I will tell you, man, before I really started studying this, before I got into what the word of God said, before I understood what was promised us, I, I honestly, I, even as a Christian, I was like, yeah, I wanna go there. And, but it was more like, I'd rather go there than the alternative, you know what I'm saying? So there was kind of, yeah, that's, I'd rather go there. But, but you know, if you don't know what the word of God says, you're gonna just buy into like these weird cultural images of what heaven is. You know, that whole thing of, you know, 
babies flying around with diapers and playing harps. And I hate harp music. I'm gonna tell you right now, like, I'm like, if I have to spend eternity with a harp, I might lose my mind. Dude, that is not, like, it's nothing at all like this. I mean, I actually think this idea that heaven is going to be boring, it kind of underscores maybe this mistaken idea, maybe even heretical notion that we have about God, that God is boring. Hold on a second. Where do you think our desire for pleasure came from? Who was it that, that made our taste buds, adrenaline, our sex drive, our ability to perceive and receive pleasure? Where do you think it came from? You, you think it was us that came up with the idea for fun? No. Like literally, God, th this, is, this is God. Here's what I can tell you, man. That this idea that heaven can be boring, like I'm always just gonna be on my knees before Christ. No, that's, that's just not true. In fact, if you read through scripture, though, there will be times in, in which we are bowing, worshiping him. We're gonna be living in dwelling places, eating and drinking, reigning with Christ, working for Christ. You're finally gonna have a job that you love, man. This is great. We're gonna be doing this. Scripture depicts people standing, talking, walking, traveling in and out of the city, gathering at feasts. When we do these things, we're not always gonna be on our faces before Christ, but what it means is that finally, for the first time, we're actually going to be able to live out 1 Corinthians 10, 31, where whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do, do all to the glory of God. Finally, we're going to live a life in which every action is an act of worship. Is that awesome or what? This is what I'm talking about. Man, there are gonna be stories told in heaven that we haven't even heard. You're like, what? Yeah, like at the end of John chapter 21, John ends uh, the, the uh, he's ending his, his gospel. He said, now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Hello, I wanna hear a few of those stories. I wanna know what didn't make the cut when it got to the Bible. I wanna know this. I will tell you this, guys, we're going to laugh in heaven. If your idea of religion is that you have to always walk around with a long face, always wearing a black suit, white shirt, black tie, you are messed up. Black is the call of the devil. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's figure this out. We serve a God who has humor. Aren't you thankful for that? Hey, just look at God's creation. Actually, look at chihuahuas. I'm gonna tell you right now, if that didn't tell you that God has such a humor, I don't know what else will. No! No, we're going to laugh. Listen, Jesus himself, he's talking about this in Luke chapter six. It's, he, he's, this is in the context of promising life in heaven, eternal life. And he said, blessed are you who hunger now for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now for you will, you will laugh. He said, he said, we're gonna laugh. Well, when is it that we're gonna be satisfied? When is it that we're gonna laugh? He answers that in Luke 6, 23. He said, rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward. Where? In heaven. That, listen, I'm telling you, this whole idea that, oh man, it's gonna be terrible. No, listen, heaven is not going to lack one thing that will increase our happiness. In fact, there's one more thing you won't find in heaven and that's complaining. Honestly, those of you that have, have, have really done really well at, at, at the, the spiritual discipline of complaining, you're gonna have some trouble there. And I'm gonna be whining about what we don't have, wasn't fair, did you see what they got and we didn't get? 
It's not gonna happen. But, but I read all of this, and, 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 and several years ago, man, the, it was like a, a grenade of joy went off inside me where I got this, and it's not just like spiritual talk because I'm a pastor. But it hit me one day. I was thinking about what God had done in my life. I've shared my story. In fact, a few weeks ago, I shared my testimony, what God has done, how he's delivered me. What is going to make heaven incredible is not just what is there or what isn't there. What's going to make heaven heaven is, is who is there. Have you ever been given something that is so incredible and, but it was done anonymously and you have no idea who it is to thank? I mean, you would love to, to know how to express your, your gratitude. Here's the thing, man, I, I pray, I thank God every day for, the, for what he's done in my life. I, of all the people that sh should be on this platform, there's no way that I put myself in that category. And somehow what God's done in saving me and changing me and giving me the family that he's given me, the friends that I have, the church that I get a pastor, what I get to do, all of this, I, I thank him every day. But man, there's one thing in, in texting somebody, hey, thanks for the card. And actually being face to face and saying, thank you. There's a day when the person who has done what nobody else could do for you and I, he's literally given us everything. He hasn't withhold, he withheld one thing. We're going to be able to say thank you face to face. And man, there's something incredible about this, knowing that God is fully present, that God will fully satisfy. And you know, we read in verse six, I like what, what he said there. He, uh, he says, and he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Real quick, what, what was he saying is done? What's he saying is done? You know what he's saying is done? All the prophecies about heaven. On this day, every, it, it's the very last promise God has made to us that has yet to be fulfilled. There are no further prophecies out there that we have to wait on. Finally, we're going to know it all and experience it all as the people of God. Now I close this way though. Though this is such an incredible thing for us to anticipate. The reality is this, heaven is at home for everyone. You're like, man, that took a dark turn. It's right here. I, I, like, I don't want to, it's not fair for me to skip out that, man, in, in chapters 21 and 22, which is just over and over talking about everything that awaits us in heaven. He still, even here in verse eight, goes back to what I hit last week in my message about hell. He said, but it's for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And I think it's good that we have this reminder. Um, can you throw me that rope there? Thanks. Um, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I, I think it's just a reality that we see what we see and we know what we know. But a lot of times we don't think about what exists past tomorrow or next week or the upcoming wedding or plans for vacation next year or our five-year goals 
or retirement. We, we don't think about much that exists beyond this life. And I think we should. And I'm shamelessly borrowing a video that I saw years ago and was reminded of this week uh, by Francis Chan. I, I'm gonna use this idea. In fact, um, you'll, you'll, get a, you'll get a picture of this. In fact, you wanna help me out? You never knew that you're gonna be on the platform today, did you? Hey, do me a favor. I just want you to, to wrap, just keep on taking this out. I want you to take it all the way to that door and you can just lay it on the door. But yeah, just keep on, keep on, yeah. So I want, I want us to imagine this, this rope here that he's unwinding is, is our life. Now there are ups and downs, uh, you know, to the life that we know, but, but this is not referring to the ups and downs. This, this is actually uh, a timeline, Okay. And so we have hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands and, and millions and millions of, of years. This literally is, is all of eternity here. And yet, I wanna pick this end up. I dip this in orange paint. This represents the life, our life here on earth, okay? So I, obviously, <laughs> scripture says it's actually a wisp. It's a, it's a wisp of smoke. It also says elsewhere, it's like a, a, a breath. But let's just say, for example, that out of these millions and millions of, of possible years that this orange represents this life here on earth. It's interesting because if this is the point where we're born and this is the point when we die, um, we don't know when this is gonna be, but the reality is we, we live as if this is gonna be whatever the age is older than what we are right now. <laughs> like it's just, we're, we're, we're gonna live to see another day. And so, you know, we're, we're thinking, hey man, you know, if I, can, if I can go to school, graduate from school, man, I wanna get into the right college. So we focus on getting to the right college. So then, man, we focus on graduating from college. Now it's, man, I wanna get, get a good job. And so we focus on, man, what's that job that I'm gonna get? And so we, man, we really worry and stress and pray about, about that job. And we get that job. And, and then after we've been working a while, um, we're not getting the promotion we want. So we start looking around at other jobs. And so then we're like, okay, here's the standard of living. I'd like to have these things. And so we focus on getting these things, whatever these things are. And then it's like, you know, someday I'm gonna retire and you know, there's gonna come a point where I wanna travel and I wanna travel well and eat well and, and uh, you know, just experience some, some really cool things. And, and so I need to have X amount of money. And so we work to have all of these things. Maybe it's, it's, it's health and it's like, man, I'm gonna work out and I'm gonna do all of this because man, I wanna enjoy, I wanna enjoy this. And, and because what we see, we don't, we don't see this, this entire string, this, this thing of eternal life. We literally just see this. And by the way, I'm, I'm not saying it up here like as, as a pastor saying that I don't way too often get caught up in this. It's just the reality, we do. This is what we see this is what we know. But the Bible teaches that, and what we do in this life though, this is crazy. That what we do in this life, regardless of what it is that we're living for, of money and all of this, it actually has something to do with where we're gonna be for all of eternal life. And when I talk about what we do, I'm not talking about you trying to do enough good things to get into heaven where you know, they have the proverbial idea of, of, of Peter at the gate and he's the, he's the gatekeeper and, you know, he has a list. That's not it at all. 
It's not about all of these, these things that, you know, we just have this checklist that we present. No, no. It's about, man, what choice did I make when it comes to what I do with what I've been given here? Am I gonna live it for all of these things, trying to make myself comfortable, you know, enjoying myself as, as much as I can? Or am I gonna live it for the glory of the one who literally made it possible for me to get an envelope <laughs> that says, open, special offer inside. Because here's the crazy thing, we don't get the opportunity to live this orange part over again. There are no redos. So what is it that matters in this life here? It's actually pretty simple. It's that in this life here, I understood and responded to the free gift of eternal life that God made possible through Jesus Christ. And man, I get to the end of this and, and man, you guys know, I can't, <laughs> like I'm not uh, Oprah. I can't give you a free trip to heaven. I can't give you a free trip to Orlando. That, you know, I'd have to explain that to the church body at the business meeting. Like I can't do that. But what I can do and what honestly prophets and pastors and, and men and women of God have been doing literally for centuries is just pointing you to the one who literally has made everything that I've talked about this morning that has promised has made it possible. And guys, it's, again, I wanna come down. Like it's not, you cannot do enough good things. Literally, it's so simple the only way we do this is by faith in Christ's work. And it's not just believing. It includes this, this key word of, of repenting, of a turning from sin, putting my, my confidence for life, enjoy, enjoyment, and future hope and on dreams in, in this, and shifting and putting my full weight, not just in belief, in action, in living and believing on what Christ did. And guys, that is the, that's the hope. Literally, this, this incredible thing, you, you think about it, that, that whole thing, if, if, if Lori and I would have received that envelope, special offer inside, and Lori's like, it's a scam. Here's the thing, if we would have stopped there and I hadn't made the phone call, we'd have never known. The other thing that bugs me, it just, it's like this thing that, I don't know if it bugs me, not like a, in a mad sort of way, but man, I feel kind of badly about this. And there's gonna be a lot of people that, that heard all of this and receive the offer. And yes, somehow way down deep thought, it's a scam or it's too good to be true or I'll never be good enough. Listen to me, perfect people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. And guys, at the end of the day, this is what matters. So what's that look like for our life today? Where do we go from here? I would say this, if you are a, a child of God, man, rejoice. Today, we hear cancer. Today, we, we, we carry burdens. Today, we hurt, we suffer, we weep, we cry. Now, do we have joys and all that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. But what I'm saying is that like, we live in a broken, fallen world. What we do is we endure because honestly, this is not the end of the story. What is here is only a comma. Eternity goes on and on forever. And man, it's gonna be the best day of our life lived forever. And so we rejoice. 
But I would also say this, is there's a choice to be made if you're not a follower of Christ. And by the way, I'm, I'm not that pastor that's gonna talk you into this. I'm not gonna strong arm you. I'm not gonna do any of that because if I, if I have to argue you into this, somebody will probably argue you out. Jesus said, no man comes to me unless the Father draws him. Here's the only thing that we do. And, and it's not just me. Every Christian in here knows that this is what we do. We just tell one beggar, we're one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And we literally just, we point, we can't make anybody go, but we give that opportunity. And today, I just want you to know, again, if you are, if you're just skeptical about this thing, man, listen, man, we believe in something based on the authority of, of someone. If you believe that certain historical events took place, you believe that because somehow you've put belief and confidence in the historian that recorded something. Man, I, I put my faith and confidence in the authority of a God who, by the Holy Spirit, inspired the Holy Scriptures to be written, and that, that what we read, it literally comes from God. That, that's where I'm, I'm placing this. And I would just say, if this is you, if this, like, man, I don't know where to go with this, listen, just simply believe, trust that Christ is the only one that can free, forgive your sins. Put your faith in Him. And I'm gonna tell you what, if you do, you'll never be sorry. I've never had a single person get to the end of life and say, man, out of all the things I've done, I sure wish I hadn't followed Jesus. Never happened. What awaits is greater. Listen, heaven is the home that we were created for. And so God, as we leave this service today, I'm praying for the person who might be struggling with this whole concept. Either it sounds too good to be true or they're like, man, I've done too many bad things. I'm glad that, that our hope of eternal life has nothing to do with our past. Because if so, we are all on the blacklist. I am so thankful it has everything to do with what Christ has done. And so God, today for the person who might be wrestling with this, I'm praying that, that if this is it, that in your faithfulness to them, that your Holy Spirit would draw them to Jesus, to God, that they would put their trust, that, that the wrath that we should have deserved, we were, we were bound for hell. And yet, in your grace, and your goodness, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. He took the wrath that we should have taken and he did it for us so that we could have not only the hope of eternal life, but God, so that we could be forgiven and we could even begin living our best life now. And so Lord, for what you're gonna continue to do as, as you speak to hearts, as they come to you, I pray that they would let us know. We wanna help people take next steps. We're here for them. But God, at the end of the day, I can't believe for them to God, it's their response to you. And I just pray that that response would be a big fat yes. But God, for the rest of us, I pray that we would live, leave here reminded again, this great perspective that this world as we see it today is not the end of the story. What's taking place in the Middle East is not the end of the story. High interest rates are not the end of the story. Cancer, uh, relational conflict, divorce, not the end of the story. The end of the story is this. We have a home that we've been created for and it's coming. And our God, what, what, we won't have to leave home to get there literally where our home is going to be paradise. And I wanna thank you for the hope that we have. And so God, for this confidence that buoys us, but also allows us to have a proper perspective perspective, even as we endure suffering. I thank you for this. And so God, may we go and we leave here thankful for all that you've done to make this possible. We love you. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. you're dismissed.